Welcome to Women in Chemicals, Woman of the Week. I'm Amelia. And I'm Kylie. And we're joined this afternoon by Lindsay Marsh, Executive Director of Sulfur for Hydrite. Thanks for joining us today, Lindsay. Today's episode is sponsored by our new corporate sponsor, Hydrite. Hydrite is a family-owned company established in 1929 and is one of the largest independent providers of chemicals and related services in the United States. Headquartered in Brookfield, Wisconsin, Hydrate has a network of manufacturing facilities, warehouses, and laboratories located in Illinois, Wisconsin, Iowa, Indiana, California, and Texas, with nearly 1,000 employees in more than 25 states. Hydrate owns and operates a private fleet of over 255 units, including tractors, van trailers, tankers, and rail cars. Hydrate offers expertise in chemical distribution and manufacturing, food and dairy sanitation, organic processing, liquid sulfites, foam control, and water treatment chemistries. With over 5,000 items in its product portfolio, Hydrate's dedicated chemists, engineers, and technical service staff have extensive knowledge and experience to solve the most challenging formulation problems. As a company with a strong commitment to their customers and employees, Hydrate continues to invest in people, training, research, technology, and sustainability to offer superior products and systems that deliver and provide creative solutions. Thank you so much, Hydrate, for coming on as our newest corporate sponsor. Thanks so much, Amelia and Lindsay. Thank you for uh, joining us here today. Um, I'm going to preface to everyone listening, we've had a little bit of a rough start from a tough technical difficulties perspective. So thank you for our flexibility. And if, if something happens, we'll, we'll be flexible along with it. So, um, but more importantly, moving towards our, our woman of the week here today, Lindsay, thanks again for joining us. And thank you uh, to your organization for becoming one of our most recent corporate sponsors. We'll jump into it. So Lindsay, you've got quite a diverse background and, and we want to learn all that there is about, about your career journey thus far uh, and how you got to your current position as executive director of Sulfur at Hydrate. So can you just tell, tell us a little bit about how you, you found your way into the chemicals industry, your current role uh, and your goals for your career journey beyond where you're at today? Yeah, so I um, actually fell into this into the chemistry role by chance. I started uh, thinking I wanted to be a nurse. Um, so I went to college, I left to go to college at University of Wisconsin Eau Claire thinking I was gonna be a nurse just because kind of that's what my mom did and quickly realized that that was not the profession for me. I don't necessarily have the best bedside manner or the patience for really people that are sick. You can ask my husband. So I decided um, I always have liked science. So I went into uh, University of Wisconsin had a, a degree. Um, basically, it's, it's called chemistry with a business emphasis. So having liked science, I thought that would be a good fit. And maybe I would go into pharmaceutical sales. Well, pharmaceutical sales kind of fell off the radar right when I graduated college. So I started my career at a, a company called Emco Chemical in Northern Chicago and started there as a management trainee and basically from there went into a role of a quality manager. So I managed all our quality staff on the floor and then moved in to help lead our lab at that company also. 
And then from there, I went to a company called Johnson Controls based here in Milwaukee. And I started there as a quality engineer. And I basically worked in their lead acid battery group and helped spend a lot of times in operations and helping improve their processes and traveled to all of our facilities all over the country there. And then I found, um, thought I that procurement might be interesting. So I applied for a procurement role and, and started as a strategic buyer at Johnson Controls and I traveled the globe as a strategic buyer. So I've been all over. Um, that part got kind of exhausting to be honest. Um, so Johnson, our, my, actually my counselor at University of Wisconsin Eau Claire reached out to myself and a couple other people I graduated with and there was an opening at Hydrate for a strategic sourcing buyer and a sales uh, position. So myself and one of my good friends applied and actually we ended up both getting the job here at Hydrate for a strategic sourcing manager role, which was one of the best things that's, that's happened. To me, it's, Hydrate's a very, it, we're a very um, Midwestern company, but we also have facilities in California and Texas. So it's, you know, I travel, but I'm not traveling to China or India or Brazil or those type of things. So it's, my travel isn't for weeks, it's for a couple of days at a time when I travel. So that was nice. So since I joined Hydrate, I've done several different roles. I think the count is like eight or nine different roles at Hydrate, starting with, like I said, a strategic sourcing manager and, and kind of went into some business management, pro product management roles and have had held diff diff several different sales roles within our organization. Most recently, um, the executive director of Sulphur, so increasing responsibility. So it's helped me learn a lot about Hydrate and our different, you know, what we do and how to, you know, help us be successful. Um, the last, what my goals are for my career, I guess, it's just to continue to learn more. And honestly, the best part of my job is getting to meet people and work with people and interact. So as long as I continue to be able to do things like that and have fun, that's, you know, those are, you know, that's basically, those are my goals. That's awesome. There's a lot to uh, kind of soak up in here. And I think it's, it's so great to hear that even within Hydrate, you've had this kind of multifaceted, multiple hats experience so far. Yep. Um, and I hear you when you say, you know, you always want to continue to learn more. And I feel like, although my career is within five years of its, its start, uh, each day I'm learning something new. And that's something that keeps me fueled, uh, Lindsay. So you're, you're preaching to the choir, at least from, from my perspective. And I think that's great. And I also think that yeah. and appreciate that, you know, you being a part of Women in Chemicals helps us to stay connected and get to know people even more. So even though maybe perhaps some of the roles of the folks that are joining us uh, to listen to you speak today might not have as much of a, you know, supplier facing or social role. Um, the opportunities to stay connected within the industry uh, are still within Women in Chemicals as well. And for anyone that's looking for it, I, I offer up, you know, helping to do that too moving forward. So thanks for sharing that, Lindsay. Yep. Yep. So let's dig into your eight roles uh, at Hydrate a little bit more. Um, so it's, it's very cool for me to be able to know that you can, you know, jump across career paths within one organization. Um, I work for 3M myself and the, the ability to get more creative and constantly be learning while maintaining some consistency within 3M has always been um, something that I've been grateful for. Uh, 
so really interested to, to learn what maybe some of your favorites are, what your favorite aspects of certain roles that you've had are, um, and then also interested to learn what role kind of pushed you to learn the most or most out of your comfort zone. Yeah, so this, um, honestly, I don't necessarily have a favorite. Every role point has been different and I've learned different things. The one thing that I, every role has brought me is experience of learning the business, I guess, more than anything. And, you know, having done a lot of different things, you have to get up to speed very quickly and, you know, learn things very quickly and kind of, you know, move quickly on your feet. And that, that part has helped me just as a, just as a, it, to continue to grow and be an employee, honestly. So the one thing that I would say is, um, uh, Sales has been my, has been throughout my career, sales has been the hardest thing I've ever done. Uh, I'm sort of a, anyone that knows me knows I'm sort of a control freak. Um, I like to drive my car. I'm the one that drives. I'm the one that makes the plans. Um, I, I like to be the one driving, driving most things. And sales is, is, is hard and enjoyable all at the same time because I, you don't really have a lot of control over things. You can influence and you can build relationships, but you know, you aren't the one making the product. You aren't the one determining the price. You know, you know, we're not, I'm not the one buying the product. I'm not the one shipping the product. I'm not, you know, I'm just kind of the one, you know, begging people to do things for me and also at the customer level. So that part has been definitely the most challenging and learning how to, you know, use my interpersonal skills to get things done, not, not only at the customer, but internally has been, has been a huge growth experience for me. Um, so, but you know, it's also the funnest job I've ever done. The, the people I interact with, the, my customers that I interact with and internally the people I interact with makes every day different and every day, honestly, a lot of fun and enjoyable. And, you know, you'll hear this theme throughout this interview is I, I enjoy having fun. And if I'm not going to have fun, it's, um, it's just, it, it makes the days really long, honestly. So to kind of take on to that, can you hear me, Lindsay? Sorry, I've completely lost my screen at this point, but I can, I, can I think you. my camera is still on. Yeah, um, I can hear you. Okay. Um, to take on to this whole concept of fun, I think it's important to maybe call out what you've done to find some fun in your work day or your day-to-day, -day, especially over the last two years or so with COVID, with us maybe being uh, put back home away from, you know, these colleagues that we, you know, get fueled energy by interacting with them, supplier partners, whatever it might be. Can you speak to any of the things that you've looked to or turned to, to find your fun in your workday? Um, yeah. I mean, you know, I'd say there's a lot more, uh, there's been a lot more just talking to people, calling people, you know, cause you're, you know, grasping for those relationships. And even during the COVID times, you know, we'd meet outside at, you know, uh, you know, I, on, a, on a golf course, I'd take the, on my customers golfing or, you know, we'd meet at an outdoor patio. And even during the beginning of it, I mean, some of the people that are on this call can attest to it. Um, we'd have like virtual happy hours, right. Mm -hmm. so, you know, just things to try to to mix it up a little bit, but I mean, it's, we've definitely all gotten creative and I'm glad that hopefully this is coming to an end quickly. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks for that. So next question we have for you, Lindsay is, so Amelia and I are both MBA students and employees right now. So we know 
you know, the, the concept of trying to maintain a busy, difficult schedule. Um, you were not only an MBA student and an employee, but you also had twins throughout that process is what I'm hearing. Yep. How did you manage all your responsibilities in that same time frame? And yeah, then, yeah. sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. Nope. Go I'll, ahead. I'll let you answer that one. So, um, I'm someone that, again, I like to have a lot of balls in the air. Um, I do best when I have a hundred things going at once. So that's just, that's just who I am. I don't sit still well. Um, I, you know, I don't get, a lot of people get energy from relaxing. I'm the opposite of that. I get energy from, you know, people and doing things. And I honestly, I, I learned that more than ever during COVID is that, yeah, I get energy from people and having things to do and goals to accomplish. Right. So you know, getting my MBA and ha- get do it and having a job and then having the girls, my twins, it just kind of, you know, I just kind of did it. It's not, I didn't really think much about it. I just kind of rolled with it. And it was one of these things I knew if I stopped, I probably wouldn't start again. So, and then the biggest thing I want to say around that is um, if I didn't have help with, I mean, my husband helped, obviously I had huge support at home. He helped, you know, manage, manage, take care of, help take care of the girls, helped, you know, with all the things that go along with having one child and not much less two, he helped with all that. So I couldn't have done it, you know, without him for sure. So. That's great. So the, the second part to this question is, you know, how do you continue to, to balance your career and your, well, your work life and your family life as you continue to progress along in your career? So do you have any tips or tricks how you yeah try to Um, balance so I do I I, yeah I I continue to balance being a mom being a wife being a friend being a daughter you know um, being an employee and I I, the biggest thing I would say is it's just that it's balance right I mean if you have too many of one you're not going to be successful at the other um but and it's made me who I am and it honestly all those things bring me a lot of joy and fulfillment so, you know, it just makes you an, an overall balanced person. And the biggest thing is though, is there's a lot of days where I feel like I'm failing at all of them, to be honest. And it's, you have to be okay with that. And it's like, I've, I've learned to kind of be okay with that and just know that, okay, the next day I'll wake up and I'm going to be better. Right. Like, so that's that not being, not being perfect at all of them has taken me a little bit to get used to, but that's just, that's just the reality of it. You can't do it all and be perfect at all. Like at home, I've given up. I don't cook really anymore. I, you know, I, there's a lot of things, you know, I used to be a psycho about laundry and all the, I can just have to let some stuff go otherwise. Cause you just, you, you can't do it all, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Amelia, do you have anything that you've learned in terms of how to balance school work and, and other things? Well, Lindsay talking about letting go resonates a lot with me. <laughs> and I recognize like my privilege in being able to let go of some of the things I've let go of, but like, I don't cook anymore either. I order <laughs> meal service because it just, it became like the type of thing where, you know, every day I felt like I should work out and I should be great at work and I should do my homework and try to get really good grades. And I should cook a healthy meal and I should have a beautiful apartment. And it got to the point where I was like, okay, I have to do certain things. So I will do those things. 
and all these other things that I feel like I should be doing that I can offload. And, you know, I do have to budget a little bit differently now to account for that. But it was something I felt like really guilty about for a while. I was like, am I the queen? I don't need to have somebody else cook all my meals for me in this meal delivery service. And then I got to the point where I was like, well, if I want to be great at all these other things, I have to let that go. So resonates very deeply. Yeah. I mean, and it, for me, it was really hard to do, honestly, like there, you can ask my husband and probably others in my life. I was very crabby certain days, but it's, it's just, you, you can't do it all. You literally can't, and you, you can't be the best at everything. And it's just deciding what really matters. And yeah, having a clean house and yeah, I shouldn't say I don't cook. I mean, I, you know, I'll make a, you know, spaghetti with canned <laughs> sauce, you know, but my kids are fed. Everyone's taken care of. They're, they're not lacking for anything, but yeah, are they getting gourmet meals? No, they aren't, which, but they're loved. So that's all that matters. <laughs> so, yeah. And they're seeing a, a terrific example of, of their mom, you know, working hard and kicking butt and, and anything. So yep. I think that's, you, you take those wins for sure. hundred um, percent. Yeah. I think that's great. I think that advice resonates a lot. I think that, you know, we might see, and I think, maybe social media and things like that put this presence out there sometimes to everyone's perfect lives. But the reality of the situation is that, you know, there's a lot more going on underneath the surface or behind, you know, those closed doors at home or whatever. But I think that, you know, I appreciate your realism here and that, you know, you can't be perfect at everything and that's actually perfectly okay too. Exactly. Um, so I appreciate that a lot. Okay. Um, so Lindsay, as, as one of the first female executive directors at Hydra, do you feel from your experience that the industry is male dominated and how are you advocating for yourself and other women within the industry? Um, you know, I don't think the chemical industry is really that different from other industries, honestly. I mean, yeah, it's male dominated, but so are a lot of other industries, right? That's just kind of the reality of the world we live in. My hope is, is that one day that, you know, and obviously I have twin girls, um, is that it's just not really a conversation anymore, right? It, it shouldn't matter if you're a man or a woman, black, white, purple, it, it really shouldn't matter, right? So that's that's my hope. And I've never, you know, hung my hat on being a woman and thinking I deserve anything that I haven't worked for, right? I work hard, as hard as I possibly can. And there are days where I felt like I've worked harder than others, but, you know, honestly, that's gotten me to where I'm at and that's made me who I am. So that hard work, it has, has paid off. Um, another thing, you know, that I try to, you know, I, advocating for other women, I don't know if that's what it is. I try to be an example for whoever, but I, you know, I'm just me and I, anyone that knows me, I'm very open and honest. Um, you know what, you know where I'm coming from you know, um, I'm going to tell you what I think. Um, not, and not in a bad way, but I think it helps build trust too with people. It's like, you know, if what's coming out of my mouth, it's the truth. And I'm, mm-hmm. you know, you can, you can trust what I'm saying. So I think that's helped me in my career and, you know, honestly building relationships internally and externally. It's like people, people, people know that I'm, I'm honest with them and I'm, and I'm, and I have their back, honestly. Mm-hmm. I think that's such a real answer. I I don't even know how else to put it. Um, And I think 
it's different than the perspective that I might have had or held with a lot of these interviews. And I appreciate that. It's a little bit to me, I'm perceiving it as a little bit more black and white and that, you know, it's not, you know, like you said, you know, black, white, purple, whatever, otherwise it's, you know, hard work, Mm -hmm. it's honesty and it's realism. Mm -hmm. And I appreciate that. I think that's a different perspective that, you know, I haven't discussed with it within these interviews, I guess, for, for some time. Well, I, yeah, I, like, yeah, I, like I said, I just, I, I'm very just, I am, I'm not black and white, but you, I, you just know where I'm coming from usually. So, mm-hmm. and yeah, I think the male dominated thing, it, it, I think it's getting a lot of attention these days and women, you know, need their seat at the table. And I agree 100%, but we should also be getting a seat at the table because we've worked our butts off to get it right. And mm-hmm. as should anyone else that's at the table. So I think that's the biggest thing that I try to, you know, even the people that work with me or, you know, my children or wherever it's you, you teach by example. Right. 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 Amelia, any thoughts to share on that? I, I totally agree with that. And I think it's really encouraging to see more women in leadership roles and and in the industry at large. Um, And I do think it takes hard work and, and trust and all of that. And so I appreciate those comments. Um, and I know that a lot of industries are very male dominated, but do you not, do you think, I guess I would like to ask you that we don't still have work to do in our industry? Um, oh no, I, I mean, I definitely think we do. I definitely think we do, but it's not going to happen overnight. Right. And you know, I work with, I mean, even our organization from when I started to what it looks like now, it's a completely different organization. We have a lot of, mm-hmm. a lot of women and a lot of women in high roles and a lot of women that are coming up within our organization. And, you know, when we first started, it, it didn't necessarily look like that. So, you know, there's encouragement, but it, you know, it's, it's going to take time and it's going to honestly take women that want to do it and want to work hard. So it, you know, and I just think in, in the past, maybe just, you know, depending on the, their roles at home or wherever that they, you know, maybe weren't capable or weren't able to. So our, my organization specifically has, it has transformed over the past nine years that I've been here and, and it's exciting to be a part of, it really is. Yeah. I think I can speak to the same thing. I think I've seen myself and my career journey so far, a lot of change from female representation and in leadership roles uh, or in accelerated, you know, paths because of the the hard work that they put in. I've seen the same for for males and in, in their trajectory or whomever, right? Um, but I think you you speak a lot to you know it takes hard work and it, it takes that type of person that wants to work hard to you know carry exactly. through that exactly that ladder for 100%, sure. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. So Lindsay, you have spoken to, and I can even just like feel this energy from you, (laughs) how you work and you, you, you kind of thrive in this high energy environment. Right. Um, and that has seeming seemed to give you this competitive edge within your career and maybe just even in your life and your ability to, you know, balance in a way that's perfect for you, uh, the many roles that you, you have in your life. So tell us about how you maintain this high energy and, and your motivation and how you protect that energy. Um, well, first of all, I, I think you're kind of given the cards you're dealt. I mean, if you met my mother and father, you'd see why I have the amount of energy I have. (laughs) Um, I have a, you know, I have a natural drive to be honestly the best at everything I do. 
Um, so motivation is not necessarily the hard part. The hard part is knowing that I, I'm not gonna, it goes back to, you know, how do you balance all these things? It's, the hard part is not knowing that, or knowing that I'm not gonna necessarily be the best at everything I do and trying to work to, to be the best. So that's, I guess, what keeps me motivated is, you know, I don't even, I mean, at work, it's like every day is something different and I learn things I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of things I don't know, especially when it comes to the chemistry piece, right? I mean, it's just, a, I mean, there's so much. Um, and then as far as how do I maintain it? I live a very, I mean, every, a lot, I, I live a very 80-20 rule. I live by the 80-20 rule. 80% of the time I eat healthy, I work out, I get as much sleep as I can. And then 20% of the time, I honestly, I just let it fly. I eat what I want. I drink what I want. I have a lot of fun. Um, you know, and I, and I, and that is, you know, the fun piece is I think what honestly keeps, keeps my energy. It's like that having fun and, and enjoying the people that are around me, whether it's at home or at work is, is what helps me maintain my energy and, and, and uh, that balance. I mean, it looks like you've got a comment. No, I just, that again, resonates really deeply. I feel like I am very, and you too, Kylie, we're like very work hard, play hard type of people. Yes. Yeah. And so like, as long as I have like one weekend day of rest and one weekend day of just joy, yep. like I don't mind putting my head down at work. And I also thrive on that. Like it. I just need like to counteract the stress. I need to like have carefree moments as well of just oh, like yeah. goofy joy. So like yep. I could definitely see that in you and, and it allows me to bring like that revitalized energy to work every week. Yep. How do you yep. like, what do you do for fun? I'm oh, curious. I mean, I, I have a long list. Um, I, I enjoy, um, like I play golf. I enjoy a lot of spending time with my family and friends. I mean, the big pieces, I mean, you, I mean, my social calendar for the weekends is booked out probably two months. So I have, you know, there's just like this weekend we have friends coming in the next weekend we have other, like, I just, you know, I, I, I'm as a very social person. So getting and hanging out with friends and family and, you know, my kids play sports and all that stuff, mm -hmm. but the big piece is hanging around with and spending time with the people that make me laugh and that I can have fun with is I think the biggest piece is the most that I do to have fun. I like that. I think, and what I'm, so I'm sitting in the office today for the second time since COVID. And I think <laughs> what, what I've missed the most is the energy that I get from just interactions with people I enjoy being around, even in the office, right? So Lindsay, you're even speaking right. to, to this energy that I, I feel when I get to see my coworkers for the first time in two years in the flesh, right? Uh, so definitely, I think there's definitely something to be said safely and healthy, uh, right? But uh, I think just having those interpersonal connections for the first time in so long, uh, well, and, yeah. And the thing about hydrate is, you know, I interview a lot of people coming in here. I, I honestly truly fully believe I, I would be friends with 90, I'm friends with 90% of the people I work with, right? We <laughs> laugh, we have a lot of fun. We enjoy each other's company. Um, yeah, we, there's days we're yelling at each other too, but I mean, for the most <laughs> part, we, uh, we have a lot of fun. We laugh a lot. Sure. So that, it makes, it makes life 
much more enjoyable and work much more enjoyable. We, I spend more time at work than I do at home. So exactly. Sometimes we need to, we case, need to make right? sure we're smiling and enjoying it. Right. I completely agree with you. And I, I continue to look forward to more days in the office where I can catch up and, you know, really bring back the, the personalized piece of, of working with coworkers. Um, Cause that brings a lot of energy for me too. So, um, right. so right. Lindsay, Lindsay, you've talked about how one of your goals, at least with us is to pursue a career and make it into the C-suite, uh, the, a role within the C-suite, right? So what are you doing to continue progressing towards these goals? Uh, and what, invi- what advice do you have for our executive members who are trying to get to that next level? Um, I think it goes back to the hard work, right? I continue to give a hundred percent all the time. Um, you know, try to learn things, take criticisms and, and be better, honestly, every day. And that's, I think that's, that's the biggest thing, but it goes back to that hard work. It's like, none Mm -hmm. of it's going to be given to you. So you have to work hard. The other, there's a couple other pieces to be at a, I believe you need at a high level is a broad range of a business experience, honestly, having done a lot of different things you need, you know, you need those different perspectives. Um, to, you know, help an organization and help an organization make decisions. Um, but, you know, having, you know, a seat at the table and having, bringing a different perspective is key, right? Mm-hmm. And I believe that, you know, I, I bring a different perspective than others and everyone brings a different perspective, right? And then the biggest thing I think is you need to be a good manager of people. Um, you need to have that emotional intelligence. You need to honestly just understand people. And I've worked, um, very hard to, you know, to be that person that understands people. And I think building, going back to that trust and, you know, the big thing around managing people is understanding that everybody's different. Everybody doesn't need, it can't be managed the same way. And you kind of have to, you know, get to know those people to understand how they, what makes them tick, honestly. And, you know, whether people I work with people or people that work for me, I care about them. I truly do. Um, You know, my team, I care about their success. I care about their families. I care about, you know, just that they're overall that they're doing okay. And I think that resonates also as a leader. For sure. It makes them feel heard on on a different level, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, When you say that, speaking, I guess, as myself, when I experience that with my leaders and decision makers. Um, I just want to call out the fact that you've mentioned emotional intelligence. Um, This is now the third interview in a row, I think, Amelia, where this concept uh, or thought leadership process of emotional intelligence has been top of mind uh, or recommended as a a key skill set or something to be aware of. So I'm making a note here, Amelia, that maybe we need to brainstorm on some type of workshop or speaker series associated with education behind emotional intelligence or tips and tricks to, to get there. Yeah, there's definitely something said to be a, you need to be able to read a room, right? And mm-hmm. especially in a sales role, um, you have to kind of mold your personality into, into um, you know, what, what, what makes a customer tick, honestly. So, and what, what's important to them and then translate that back to the organization. Right. Yeah. I was actually talking to somebody who I consider a mentor in the sales space. And we were talking yesterday about the difference between power versus influence. 
And as a salesperson, you don't really have very much power, but you can have a lot of influence and kind of how you can grow and mold your influence. And it's a lot like what you're talking about of finding out what makes the buyer tick and the perspectives of the organization um, from their priorities standpoint. Um, And kind of circles back to your comment earlier about how sales has really challenged you because you don't have control. Mm -hmm. So being a seller myself, do you have any tips for how you kind of do that or, or what's been the most successful for you in trying to build that influence? Um, I think the biggest thing is, is spending the time. I mean, you have to put the time in, right. And whether it's, you know, and be in person's been hard, but you know, getting out and seeing them and spending time with them and understanding, you know, what may, again, what makes them tick and what's going to, you know, move that needle for them. And, you know, and there's a lot of my customers that I have, a you know, there, I would consider them friends on a personal level. Right. And it, and it takes a lot to get there and build that trust, but the trust is what needs to, what they need, they need to have trust in you and they need to have trust in your organization. And the only way you're going to get there is, is time and hard work. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think that's the biggest piece. It's not going to happen overnight. That's for sure. I have another question kind of to take along to this, Lindsay. So you talk about how, again, hard work, emotional intelligence, you know, diverse business experience, all of these aspects to help you progress in your career. Can you talk a little bit about how you've expressed to your leaders and decision makers what interests you and what your goals are to help them make those, you know, ultimate decisions and approvals for these next steps in your career? Um, yeah, I mean, we have, we, you know, a lot of times, I mean, even my current boss, you know, what he's asked, what do you want? Like, where, where do you see yourself going? What do you want? You know, we have open and honest conversations about it. And it's, you know, everyone is, you know, I'm open again, it goes back to, I'm an open book, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, people are aware of where I'd like to get and, you know, it's helping, you know, they're, you know, we're, do, they're doing things to help me get there and you, and and if I think if you aren't getting what you need, then you you need to take a look inside. It's like what you know, what do I want? And if the organization can't provide it, then then you have to decide that, right? But mm-hmm. I think you have to be open and honest with your your manager and your leadership on what you're looking for. And if and and they in turn need to be open and honest to you. It's like why well, you you need you need to you know, achieve these things, or these are the things where I see where it might be a deficit or those things. Right. But it's it's an open and honest conversation that you, that, that needs to happen. Mm -hmm. Great. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Amelia, any, any comments before I jump to kind of our last key question before we jump to opening up questions for the rest of the group? I think that piece of advice that Lindsay just gave resonates so much with some of these other interviews that we've had where folks have said they thought that they were slated for a promotion and then somebody else got it and they found out that they, the leadership didn't consider them because they didn't know they wanted it. So I think Mm -hmm. Lindsay's advice of being open and honest is a really good example for everybody in our community because your leadership, they're not mind readers. They, they don't know what you want and you, you'll never get for, you'll never get things if you're too scared to ask. Um, 
And that's something that I have learned really within the past couple of years of my career. And something we talked about with our interview last week, it's you really own your own career path. It's your journey. And it sounds like you've really owned your career path, Lindsay. And that's really inspiring. Yeah. And you, you kind of have to put yourself out there, right? It can be scary. It really can. I mean, change is scary. Oh, yeah. And the, the thought of, I, I, the thought of fail, I was talking to our uh, head of HR yesterday, just about this interview and him and I both uh, agreed. It's like the, what drives me is not wanting to fail, honestly. And so, and he said that was the same for him. And it's like, that's, that's the biggest pace for me is that's, and that's the scary part is you don't want to do something that you're going to fail at, but if you don't put yourself out there, you're never going to know. I have nothing to add to that. I'm just writing that exact quote down. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) So Lindsay, we always conclude opening the door for you for any closing comments. Uh, Sometimes that comes in the form of podcast or book recommendations. Other times it comes in the form of just advice or mantras that you live by. So I open it up to you for any closing comments to share with our community. Uh, Yeah, I have a couple. Well, the first, the motto, um, anyone that knows me. um, So I say be better a lot. Um, a lot of times it's sarcastically. I mean, even my children, I was talking to them last night. I'm like, girls, guess what I'm going to say on this interview tomorrow. I'm going to tell everyone be better. And they just rolled their eyes at me, (laughs) but it is, I mean, to the point, like last year for our sales meeting, I was joking with my sales team. I was going to get t-shirts that say be better. But I mean, I think it's true that like you can every day, no one's the best at everything they do, anything they do. Right. So every day it's like, you, you know, try to make, try to be better than, than you've been. So, you know, some days I do it, some days I don't, some days I'm tired, you know? So it's just like, you know what, today I'm not gonna, I'm just gonna try to get through today. (laughs) But a lot of days it's be better. And then that work hard, play hard is a big one for me too. I I say it a lot uh, and I live by it for sure. And then the last, um, I read this book a couple months ago and I've been telling everyone about it. It's called, um, and it's on Aaron Rodgers' top 10 book list too, for those of you that care. But um, it's called The Subtle Art of Not Giving an F, and -hmm. it's by uh, Mark Manson. And it really, honestly, just changed my perspective on a lot of things that, you know, I've been someone that has always been kind of concerned whether, you know, what people thought of me or if I was doing a good job or, you know, um, and people's opinion of me. And not that I still don't, but it's definitely changed my perspective. I'm I can't change who I am. I'm going to work the hardest I can. And, you know, and I, I just have to be okay with that. And if someone doesn't like it or they don't like it, like the way I'm doing it, then, you know, I have to just be okay with it. And that has really changed. And I, I listen to it probably now once a month because it's a short book. I, I have it on audible. I don't read much. I, I do a lot of audibles while I'm doing other things, driving, running, you know, but um, so I have it on Audible and I listen to it. Yeah, probably once a month because it's a quick, a quick listen. So yeah, those are the those are the couple things that I, I I live by. Yeah, I so the Audible speaks to kind of maybe how you balance some of these other things you're doing in your life. Efficiency <laughs> exactly. there, I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. And then I just have to I have to say it. Go Packers! I'm a Packers fan, so thanks yeah. for the reference there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Lindsay, this is kind of where we conclude the, the part of the actual questions of the interview. So I just want to say thank you. Give Amelia a chance to make any closing comments, and then we can open it up to the larger group for questions. Thank you, Lindsay. I really appreciate your time today. Yeah. Yeah. It was fun. It wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. I was a little nervous. <laughs> we try to make it pretty easy.